was a level headed dancer on the road to alcohol. And I was just a soldier on my way to Montreal. What's up, everybody? Welcome into this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Uh, you can probably hear that I sound and feel like the uh, Red Raiders played on Saturday. Um, not very good, um, but me and Brandon are going to get into that and then get into basketball talk, which is also not all good news, um, but we'll tackle it all here in a second. So let's get started. All right, man. Brandon Solis joining us as always. How's it going? It's going good. It's going good. End of a long season that uh, we thought we wouldn't have, but still nonetheless a long season, uh, especially for the Red Raiders. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we have a lot to get to in this episode, so we might as well just get to it. I mean, let's let me ask you first, because it's kind of the talking point of the game in general. The onside kick. Mm-hmm. Initial thoughts. Initial thoughts is uh, why uh, you're up 24-21, <laughs> I believe. Third quarter, uh, your defense is playing stellar. That's why I uh, questioned it. Uh, what are you trying to say? What message are you sending your defense by doing that? And that was a decision that we learned after the game and post game that um, they made up their mind in the locker room. Yeah, that they were going to do that. And, and that I mean. That isn't uncommon. Just it's not. Like, I mean, I, I've come out of half times where we were going to do that no matter uh-huh. what, you know. It's not, but just the way your defense was playing, I just feel like I would rather ride the momentum of my defense making a stop and or forcing something and kind of letting them uh, – kind of forcing them to make their way down the field. I would have kicked it deep. Um, yeah. Just make sure – like make them earn those points. And obviously – the whole scheming up for the last uh, for the open week and then leading up to the, the week of the game since you did have that bye week, he said they've been practicing that specific onside kick for against that specific scheme that they've used and that they saw the the Cowboys use on film, and um, obviously you you misfired and uh, it bit you pretty quick and your momentum literally just fell down the drain as soon as he picked it up and scored. Yeah, and I. My question is, like, okay, you saw a look that you liked and you were going to – you wanted to take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. Okay. What was that look? Yeah. I mean (laughs) – What are we missing? Like, I don't understand. Like, I get it if a guy's leaving early and, and, you know, you do what you did against Texas where you just kind of – you know, it's the kicker. He, you know, taps it and you – and he's got to be the one that runs and, and gets it. Like, I get that. That's very common. Um, but I don't know. It looked like a well-hit kick. And yeah. the state looked prepared. I, I just want to know what they saw, what they were trying to do. Um, because I, I, I don't know. It wasn't like it was close. Like, it wasn't one of those deals where it was like a freak thing. You know, it was – the ball was kicked pretty well and Oklahoma State was right there. And then we split – like the Red Sea, and he just returned it for a touchdown. I I just want to know, like, what was that look that they saw that they liked? And the thing that really just – I'm so tired of talking about it is another one of these in-game decisions where you're just thinking, what is happening? You know, like, 
It's not as bad as kicking on second down. But <laughs> not as bad as is, spiking the ball. Right. It's not as bad as falling down and, you know, before scoring, even though you're losing and spiking the ball. And, you know, you're right. It's not as bad. But it is as bad as the pooch kick against Texas. It is yeah. as bad as not recovering the onside kick against Texas. And so, you, again, you're, 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 it's, see, it's like your coaching staff is snatching defeat out of the jaws of victory again. Sorry for my dog. He's also upset. Um, <laughs> again, it's, you're failed by the people who are supposed to be putting your athletes in the best position to win. And yeah. That, what is, that sentence sums it up. I mean, and I, I wouldn't say, like, let's just say you score against TCU, you probably still lose that game. So let's not even count, like, we'll count it, we'll chalk it up as a questionable decision, but I don't think it necessarily swung the game. But you could, t- you could say that you, if you had, if you don't kick that onside kick and you don't pooch kick it against Texas, you win. You have two yeah. more wins right now. You're sitting at five and four. Four instead of three and six and we're feeling four and four in conference yeah and we're feeling so much better heading into a game against kansas Uh and it just and i know we feel the same way because we talk about it and we were in the the red Raider sports group text but it's just like and i i just want to know your thoughts of how do you because and on one hand you see you know coach wells and his staff they're bringing in good players but then you go to saturdays and there's just question, questionable decision after questionable decision that leaves you like, what are these guys doing? Like, how do you, how do you square that in your mind? The fact that it looks like they're bringing in good players and they look like they have a plan, and yet they can't seem to put those players in the best position to succeed. Yeah, and I'm, I'm going back and looking at, uh, I think he, Coach Wells, clinched his fifth losing season in the past six seasons. And just going back to Utah State, I think maybe we could go back and see, and maybe this will take some time in the offseason that me and you could probably go back and record an episode about, but seeing if he made those decisions there. and uh, Or if it's just a, a thing of transitioning from, from a Utah State program to a Power 5 Big 12 uh, program, that you kind of have to risk it sometimes. Because we know in this league, you know, like uh, Coach Gundy said postgame, that's a classic Big 12 game. Yeah. But uh, Coach Gundy didn't make a mistake. Um, right. He, they didn't make coaching mistakes. And, I mean, even Tom Herman was able to capitalize on your mistakes. And Gundy's postgame uh, quote, he was kind of like, yeah, like they, they, had, us, they had us down. The, they, we figured out a way to slow down the run at that point on defense. Yeah. They couldn't really get down the field and they couldn't really do anything and they didn't have any momentum. And then he said, all of a sudden, you look up and we're returning an onside kick and our sidelines are fired up. I mean, it's just and they're and they're back on top real yeah. real easy just because of a coaching mistake right and uh like you said and we've seen time clock management um and like you've mentioned before you've been a coach too and i mean i've watched football enough to know that sometimes you just kind of just lose your track of mind when you're a coach on the okay. sidelines yeah. and we've seen him uh forget that it's a third or second down i can't remember and it was actually like a, a third down or fourth down and yeah. just little things like that that you kind of see like did you prep all week or like I mean, what's going on through your head? And then some of the special teams, does Tom at all totally agree with this call? Right. And then I think more importantly, do the players agree? I, that's what I keep coming back to, especially when you hear Zach McPherson postgame say that um, they were riding a pretty a pretty nice high and they were feeling really good in the locker room. And then you hear that they're going to onside kick it and you're kind of just sitting there like, okay, well, he's the coach. He makes the call because that's what it is. At the, at the end of the day, he makes the call. 
Right. And um, that is you know, concerning because anytime I've been in a locker room and, you know, we as a coaching staff have decided we're going to, we saw something we liked, like they said, we're going to go out and onside kick it. I mean, the locker room's going nuts. You know, they're, yeah. you know, hell yeah, we're going to get that ball back. You know, it's, it's not questioning. And so you wonder, like, how, you know, do the players notice all these yeah. decisions? It seems, and in a lot of it, you know, it's not, you can blame Wells for it and he should, and you, and he will be blamed. But at the same time, it's, you know, if half of these decisions go the right way, are we having this conversation? But, but, you know, like it's such a cliche, but this is results-based, all of this. And the results have been somehow every time we've ended up on the wrong side of these decisions they've never once we've never once gotten the lucky bounce or things no. to get in favor but never. you hit the head with the the Oklahoma State offense they were moving the ball but they weren't necessarily capitalizing on those drives um you had gotten some momentum you've gotten a few stops the offense was actually looking good um and then it was just like onside kick bam and it felt like immediately afterwards was the pick six yeah, and uh, like you mentioned right right off the top was it's kind of concerning. I think it's concerning when, you know, Zach McPherson is the guy that kind of says that. Um, I mean, you, you don't want to lose a locker room, right? And uh, also kind of just got a little distracted because apparently Oklahoma State just moved up eight spots in the poll for uh, beating us. Wow. For beating little old Texas Tech. Wow. <laughs> but, uh, but, I mean, that goes to show, I mean, what would have happened to them. They would have fallen off the pole then if you would have just beat them. And this yeah. is a 50-44 to 44 game, one possession. I, and I said all week I didn't think they were very good. And I thought we yeah. actually – And I think that I was right. Because you should – if you don't kick that onside kick, you win that game. Yeah. I'm convinced of You do. You do. And, and what do you think about Alan Bowman? I mean, I don't know if we're going to talk about him later, but just quick, I mean – yeah, no, no, we can move to the offense. I think that's, that's a good idea. I, I, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where I think he should have been the starter. Uh, I think he gives you the best chance to win. I think, you know, Columbia gave you that shot in the arm and the, the coordinators around the Big 12, you know, you saw kind of scrambled at first because it was just something they hadn't seen. And then once they got the book on him, he wasn't as effective. And so I thought Bowman gave you the best chance to win. And I think he showed that. Like, you know, obviously he's going to make some decisions and that's just his nature and, and you live with it because sometimes it goes well. Uh, yeah. But you're gonna make, he's going to make some decisions where you're just like, huh? But again, I, I'm okay with that with the quarterback as long as sometimes they go right. Um, like, and I don't even blame the pick on him because it's like I said in our group chat with the staff, first you ran your one trick play that you run, the yeah. one. The reverse to Miles Price is the only thing, the only trick play apparently Yost knows exists. And terrible, and it, terrible. It is a result. And it, because there's, everybody's ready for it. Like, I don't even think you set it up. Like, I don't think you run that run play ever. And so then it's obvious when you do that motion, we're coming back the other way with the reverse. Anyway, then you run your like one third and six play, which is every receiver go to the sticks. Yeah. And cut in, cut in. DB in the conference is jumping it now. And yeah, you can say you can look at Bowman and say because it's the same play he threw the pick six against Baylor on his first attempt. 
And you can say, well, you know, Coons is open on both of those. All right. Well, Bowman has shown that he's not going to throw it there. So stop calling it. Yeah, I, so I, I, that goes off the, the Bowman conversation a little bit, but <laughs> I thought that he, I mean, he scored 44 points against yeah. an offense or against a defense that's really good and an Oklahoma state offense that isn't. So you mm-hmm. should win. It's as simple as you should have won. You scored 44 points. I don't, Columbia's not scoring 44 points to me. No, you? no, he's not. Um, he's not. I, I thought the spark came from Sir Roderick as well after that 59 yard touchdown. Um, love that. Uh, they 639 yards of total offense. That's the most of the season right uh, behind or right in front of the Houston Baptist game. Right. You had probably your best game, I guess, on offense by the, yeah. you know, stats wise. Yeah. Um, the yeah, whole season. The yeah. As much as everybody wants to criticize Yost, you scored 44 points on probably the best defense in the conference. Yeah. You had them where you wanted them. I mean, they gave you opportunities just like every team, it seems like, except Oklahoma this year has given you your shot. Yep. And, uh, and it just goes back to, again, why can't this group of players, coaches, this program figure out a way to win these games? Why is it always us making the mistake that gives the other team the victory? Other than, I guess, Baylor. But why are we the ones making the mistake? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's funny because the whole time you're talking, I'm just like, it's a curse. Because it seems <laughs> like there's no answer. Like, I mean, you're always set up. You're always nice. You're always in a good position and something happens. And then my, my mom did text me that we needed to pay Mike Leach to fix the curse. I had we to do. tell her I don't think curses exist. And she said, yes, they do. So <laughs> I guess she um, But um. But I, I liked what you saw from the um, the young guys, the receivers. Uh, oh, Lowick yeah. and his – I think Lowick got a – didn't he get a, a, a P.I., I believe, or a holding or something? Um, yeah, but I mean the catch And then, well. then he made the catch. Yeah. yeah. So I liked that, uh, kind of putting that behind him, and then he still – they still sent him out there. I mean, and, here's, um, the, here's the deal. Your leading receiver was Lowick – or sorry, was Izukama, seven receptions, 183 yards, two touchdowns. And that gets lost. Um, I mean – yeah, oh yeah. Your next one gets lost Miles within all Price. this. Yeah, Miles Price, freshman, five receptions, 64 yards. And then Lowick had one uh, for 31, you know. And then it's Polk is the next receiver. Oh, it's Rigdon and then Polk. And so, I mean, that that's dominated by young guys. And yeah. it's what we've said all year. Like, that group of receivers is going to be very good. We've just got to figure out how to utilize them. And, you know, I was very impressed with the young – with the, with the young skill position. Cause to me, I mean, I even thought he didn't have the stats that the other two backs had, but I thought Taj Brooks ran well. Oh yeah. I mean, you've got That's like what he's done. You've got incredible skill coming up and it's just a matter of, can you get, you know, can these coaches figure out a way to utilize them to the best of their ability? Yeah. And I think Coach Yost has, I mean, he's shown a little progress over the, I think Patterson kind of dominates that conversation of where we started and where we ended. Um, and obviously we still got Saturday. And if they blow it Saturday, it's a whole nother conversation. But we're here now where our feet are. And uh, you have a pretty good, solid defense that you can kind of hang your hat on a little bit. Because, um, no. go ahead. Sorry, you say it's a solid defense. And I would have agreed, but there was no excuse for what happened for what Oklahoma State did rushing the ball to me. Oh, yeah. 
that offensive line was is going in you expected them to you expected tech to win the trenches i mean you said their old line wasn't (laughs) absolutely because i mean by all the metrics that oklahoma state offensive line is worse than tech's offensive line that Mm -hmm. we've been complaining about all year um they're by far worse um and yet they they rushed for 317 yards and four touchdowns against a a run defense that we all think is pretty good and you know i get you lose rico early um you're without some guys up front so it's not the same defense but i mean that's that's embarrassing it's it's not i wouldn't say, i'm not gonna go as far as saying embarrassing that's what i want to say but it's it makes you question like that offensive staff at oklahoma state i mean they just out coached patterson which hasn't yeah. happened a ton but it and it also makes me mad why can't Farmer and Yost do what Oklahoma State's staff did with that offensive line? They made it simple. It was it was a lot of zone stuff. They had, you know, they call it the cowboy back. It's an H back back there helping out. Like, and it's something we've we've been frustrated with since they've got here. Why are they so married to this thirty or uh, this eleven personnel? You know, never anything kind of out of the ordinary. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State will get out there and, you know, diamond formations in the backfield and all kinds of random stuff to help that offensive line out. We're not, even, we're not trying it. And look look what they did against a pretty good run defense. You know, they rushed for mm-hmm. 317 yards and four touchdowns. So it's just it's, – it adds to the frustration for me offensively. Like, here's the blueprint on how you help a bad offensive line. And yet, you know, it seems like our offensive staff is so stuck to their guns that they're they're just going to do what they do no matter what. And it just frustrates me. Yeah, and you kind of have to think about the future of this offensive line. I think uh, me and Ben and Billy on the Matador Report mentioned that um, you have some good, talented young guys coming in. Yeah. But, I mean, are you going to push them into the waters already? And if Berger decides not to come back and, you know, you have all these moving parts for next year and you're looking at this whole line – and he went from having a pretty solid O-line last year. I mean, you had veterans in that that have been at Texas Tech for a while. Yeah. And then now all of a sudden, like I've mentioned before, one's playing for the Cowboys and is thrown into the water and is getting exposed right. um, week in and week out. But, like, develop, developmental-wise, you've really got to start seeing these younger offensive linemen, especially with Coach Farmer, the kids that he does bring in, really kind of take the next steps and kind of take them quick because, as we've seen, I mean – and I'm talking about our old line, but you might lose Jack Anderson and yeah. I mean Dawson Deaton, maybe. Yeah. Uh maybe mid round kind of guy. But I mean you're this offensive line's gonna look I think it's gonna look different next year. And yeah. uh you you've rushed for two fifty five. I think we should mention that. I was gonna um, yeah, I was I was gonna let you finish, but as frustrated as I was, and that's mostly been an all year thing because Yeah. And I you know, it's worth mentioning Farmer wasn't there. Yeah, uh, that too. But maybe that simplified things a little bit because, like you said, we rushed for 255 against a very good defensive line front mm-hmm. set. One, one sack for each team, too. Yeah. So, I mean, it's they just been all year with the offensive line. They yeah. did play better against probably the best front seven. You know, And so I guess it was a – you know, for as frustrated as I've been all year, they did – I mean, obviously, they're doing some things right, and it helps to have two long runs like Sirotter Cat and, and Xavier. Wynette. Yeah, true. So true, but um, but yeah, I think uh, Coach Farmer has a lot to 
I mean, like you mentioned, he's not, he wasn't on the sidelines, but I mean, he's with them every other, you know, day and through their development and something needs to kind of, I like the idea of simplifying like Oklahoma state did. I think that worked, like you said, they worked really well for them. I think it could work well for you, especially since you're trying to turn this thing around. And a lot of these games only came down to a few possessions or one possession. Yep. And you look at the young guys, you know, Caleb Rogers is already pushing for a starting spot without a serious off season, you know, so mm-hmm. a, a, a solid off season from him and Landon Peterson and, you know, some of those guys, I think you're going to be okay. I think this is almost, this was almost like a stop gap year and especially with the, you know, COVID and everything. Uh, but it is, it's definitely something that people are going to have to step up. And we said that before this year and it hasn't really, there have been some flaws. So, you know, we'll just see, um, Real quick, this has got to be the worst Kansas team, you know, and that's saying something. You know, we saw Baylor and how bad they were, and, you know, Baylor crushed them at the beginning of the season. Um, and so I, I don't – I'm, I'm just – I'm not – I'm still not comfortable. <laughs> I am. I am comfortable. Like, Are you? I am. But I, I'll tell you – I'll say this. If it wasn't at home, I would be uncomfortable. But it's at home, okay. uh, and the offense is play. I mean, the team has played better at home, and so uh, I'm. I will say though, like you mentioned earlier, if they lose this, all bets are off for what happens this off season. To me, it could be you. You could say anything, and I'd believe you. But like I said, I don't. I don't want to spend a ton of time a ton of time on it because it should be a formality. The spread started at thirty one, which the yeah. team of our record and caliber should not be favored over anyone in the same conference by 31. I mean, you need to get close to that for me to feel good. Honestly. I'm looking at the stats here. The, uh, the, the Jayhawks are if the bottom, if not the second to last team uh, in a lot of statistical categories, team wise, uh, there is one team behind them in total defense and that's Texas tech, but nonetheless, uh, and fun. I mean, their their games, such, their games have been such blowouts. Yeah, you know, just trying to get get out of there. So that's going to help their defense. They're, gonna, I mean, they're going to see a lot of runs in the second half. Oh, this is an interesting note. Um, just before we really dive into it, uh, it'll be the first home game in the month of December since 1976. Wow, uh, first actually... regular season football game for Texas Tech in general in December since 1988. Oh, wow, that's so, COVID, that's but because yeah, we always have that bye week. Uh huh. But um, but yeah, looking at it, I mean, also just your thoughts because it's kind of embarrassing. But eleven a.m. kickoff, obviously, yeah. And then uh, FS two. Yeah, <laughs> that's just where you are as a program. Yeah, you are. You were a laughing stock under Cliff because of the defense, and now you're just totally irrelevant under Wells. Um, and it sucks, but I mean, I think that eleven a.m. on FS two says everything you need to know about yeah. what the program is right now and it's it sucks and it's not good and you can see it even on the board you know on red Earth sports it's nobody cares and if they do care it's jokes and it's you know it's sarcasm and it's just like this is not fun you know like i was i think i sent it in our text but you know it's it joking off of that meme but it's like i am straight up not having a good time you know and <laughs> that's been the case for a decade um, 
And so I don't know what gets it turned around. It's definitely not going to be an 11 a.m. FS2 win against Kansas, but it's not going to hurt. It definitely can hurt if you lose it. Um, so I don't know. I just – it sucks again because you're probably not going to a bowl game. I don't know what the bowl games look like, but you're probably not going. And so it's – you miss out on those practices, which would have been great. Yeah. I would hate to go to a bowl game. I mean, that's just personally. You would? Um, I would hate to hate to go to a bowl game i think what a couple of years ago when cliff was five and seven yeah or five and whatever yeah five and seven and they were on the cusp of inviting those teams because right. obviously you don't have teams that fill out um i think kirby even said i don't think we deserve to play for a bowl game i mean i get it's a COVID year and they might be more open to the idea but i'd still would i mean a four and six team going to a bowl game and what if you win it i mean it's that would be crazy but i, mean, is, I agree it would, it's just another week to be disappointed, but the practice, yeah, that too. the practices are what's important and, and us missing out on those practices basically every other year, I think takes a toll. And so, like I said, it should be a formality. Um, but if it's not, we definitely will have an exciting off season. Yep. So right now, yep. it's just a bunch of apathy. Uh, yep. but speaking of exciting, but the 19 and two against Kansas overall, um, October 6, 2001, you lost in overtime. Yeah. At uh in Lubbock, thirty four thirty one, and then obviously last year was the second loss the entire series. Yeah, thirty seven thirty four. Time in Lubbock when I was in school. Yes, yeah, double overtime as well. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, like I said, it should be a formality. If it's not a formality, things could get interesting um, because there's a lot of apathy right now, and losing to Kansas and that would fix that apathy. That's for sure. Dumpster fire. Yeah. So. Um, Let's look at the basketball team real quick as we wrap things up. Uh, first of all, big news today. Uh, Joel and Tomboy decided yeah. to leave the team, um, which I, I want to get your opinion on it. You've been at the games. Um, that's That wasn't surprising to me. I always thought the fit was weird. I just didn't think he fit Tech's offense, really. Like, he's more of an isolation mid-range guy. Um, he doesn't seem to be, like – He's, he's just not like an elite defender. Uh, and I, he just – it was always a weird fit. And even in the games that he played this year, yeah, he hit those two threes in that first game. But it was just – it just never looked right. And so I'm not surprised by this news. I don't know about you. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. But I just – I never – I always thought it was weird. I kind of was just because of the whole – you went through what you went through last year trying to get him to, to, be, to be able to play – and uh, you obviously he plays through three games and decides to leave. I thought it was interesting, though, the quote about him or the little part that says personal reasons and what's best for his family. Um, I don't know if I'm reading too much into that part, but maybe there is something going on that we're not aware of or something, yeah, you know. Definitely possible. Yeah. And because I think, you know, he really wanted to play for Beard. I mean, yeah, I, and like you said, you don't think he was a good fit, and I don't think he was either necessarily because you're right, he is a good isolation mid-range kind of guy, and he showed off his long range too. But um, And I was really excited. I mean, seeing the crowd go nuts for him too when he hit yeah. those threes in the first game, was, uh, it, was pretty, it was pretty awesome because I've been a big Joel fan. I think he's going to be really talented. I think he is really talented. But um, when he hit those threes, there's kind of this energy there that was like, we've been waiting for this, here he is. And um, maybe he just wasn't a good fit. And maybe, like I said, maybe there is something going on within that thing. And like Beard always keeping it uh, classy, his always rooting for him. He said he'll always be pulling for him yeah. to succeed and stuff. And, you know, I just – I kind of caught me a little off guard 
Um, and some people like you, like, like you mentioned, it really didn't. So, um, who knows, maybe we'll find out uh, another reason why he's, he decided to leave, but I am interested to see where he, where he lands and kind of the, that process to see what makes those teams different than, right. you know, than the Texas tech team that he was on. And, yeah. uh, maybe, and I think some, uh, subscribers mentioned in the board, um, maybe it is just kind of like a locker room thing. And now you get to see Chibuzo Ogbo probably a lot more and, uh, those guys. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm all for, and that's just who I like as basketball players. I'm all for seeing Tyreek Smith and Buzo eat up those minutes um, because I just – I'm a sucker for athletic dudes who, you know, just get up and down the court. Um, and Buzo can shoot, which, you know, we, we need as much as possible. So, you know, I, I'm all – I always thought those guys were better fits anyway. Um, and so now – you see more minutes for them. You see more minutes for, you know, Namari, Clarence, maybe in different lineups, Naldoni, and you're just like, all right. I don't know. I, it almost it almost feels like a burden that's come up. Not that he was a burden at all, but it's, you know, Beard, like it's hard to play that many guys that Beard was playing. And so it's almost like, all right, well, we're going to miss the talent, but maybe I can – It'll help the rotation in general. Not that he was the problem, but just having one less guy to find that, figure out how to use may be better. Maybe I'm crazy. So tell me if I am, but that was just something I thought of. No, no, I don't think you are. Um, and I'm kind of going through this thread that, you know, when Aaron posted and a lot of people are saying that, um, like they would also like to see, you know, um, Agbo and Smith and even Burnett and all those other guys kind of eat up those minutes as well. Um, and some people were saying that Beard looked visibly pissed at him at the Houston game. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you noticed that or not, but, um, you know, I just think that, uh, he kind of looks pissed at everybody during every yeah, game. <laughs> yeah. 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 You have to agree with that. Um, and he, he'll, he'll get onto some guys. He got onto Nadolny. Um, but at the same time, like I'm trying to gauge if Joel's going to be a huge miss because I think his potential obviously is very, very high. Um, I just, and in closing for me and on this whole subject was just probably not the right fit. I guess, you know, he yeah. probably wants to go somewhere where he can be the guy because you're being outplayed by a freshman right now, a little bit, Mike, the PV and uh, Kevin McCuller was supposed to start. And then, um, yeah, there's another guy we haven't even, he's going to demand a ton of minutes when he comes back. Yes, exactly. He's going to be thrown into that, uh, into that, um, starting lineup. And then also, I was thinking, if anything, for me this year, Joel could have been your sixth man like a Brandon Francis. But yeah. I don't think, and I don't know Joel personally, and this is just my opinion, but I, I think him and Brandon are just two different demeanors. Oh, definitely. Brandon's definitely an energy guy. A he's an energy guy, and he's just the dog that Beard loves. Yeah. He says, go out there and get it done. He'll go out there. Joel's more. Joel, to me, would seem more or less like a, I should be in the lineup. I should be starting. Um, I waited a whole year for you. And bald me, let me get to work. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's just kind of how I thought, how I felt about it. And I was surprised, but obviously in beard, in beard, we trust. So, right. these are figured out. Yeah. And that's the deal. It's like, I know it sounds like we're kind of, you know, talking bad about Joel and, and Tom or I mean, it's just, we got to look at it from Tech's perspective. That's what we do. Um, and, you know, he was, he's a great talent that, 
to me, never fit here. Um, and so it, it just never surprised me, but he's going to be good. You know, if he goes over, I know saw, I saw some conjecture. He may go overseas and play professionally. It's like, good for you. You know, I, who, who of us wouldn't want to go to Greece, you know, and, and make money to play basketball. So, um, whatever he does, that's great for him. Um, last thing as we wrap it up thoughts on this team so far, my first thought that I can't remember if I posted or not, but I was, I said it to some people, my, my like hot take for this year was going to be that the offense will be better than the defense. And I thought that was going to be because the offense was going to be really good and the defense was just going to be good, but it may be the offense is good and the defense is, it'll take a while to figure out. Yeah, I agree with you there. I think you ran into a Houston team that's going to be a, a true contender, in my opinion, uh, watching them. They looked, they just looked more um, gelled together. They looked, and I mean, they have veterans on that team. And you Let can tell they've yeah. Sorry, not to interrupt. But it looked like they out Texas Tech to you, to me. Yeah, that, that, they that's a good point. Like, they looked like what Texas Tech does to teams. Like, mm-hmm. They were just – they were street dogs. They got every loose ball. They had all the energy, and it just looked like we couldn't keep up. And those turnovers early were just so ugly. Yeah. Yeah, I think you had 11, like, pretty quick. And then uh, Marco Santos Silva didn't have the game that, you know, he was averaging a double-double nearly the first two games. And obviously you're playing Northwestern State, Sam Houston State. But, but hey, you know, you're, you're supposed to be the guy. And they just – took him to work. They took everybody to work. Mac McClung. Bad was just, Yeah. And then I think uh, Billy mentioned it. Billy's played basketball. We've all been, you know, we've all had our hot days and Houston just looked like they couldn't miss. Right. They were yeah. just, they were just filling the rim. And uh, they were making a lot of contested shots. Like I know second does like, con- I'd like to see their contested shot rate because, you know, I mean, and it, they were acting like it was nothing. So maybe they'll do that all year and they're just better. They're even better than I expected, and I thought they'd be good. Uh, but, I mean, it was just like they were practicing, and we were just yeah. basically. Um, and, and it goes to a beard team that we fought like hell to get back in the game. And, honestly, you make your free throws, that's a close game. And yes. I think you pull it out because just from – well, I say that, it's close. Um, I think it would have been a classic beard. We just ran out of time, which – Yeah, but you – I mean, how many times did you go to the free throw line and come up empty? like four this is like in the final half of that second half so it's like you're not gonna win games doing that like when you're behind so um it sucks but i it 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 was it was i think the team and i I think it's natural i don't think it says anything about them but it's just like you played two teams like you started the year off with the and then to then to go play houston who is uber athletic and like good at what they do. And I think it's just an adjustment. Like, and I think it's, it's going to be an adjustment. All those random parts fitting together. I I don't know. I, if you thought it was going to be seamless, that's your own problem. And, and games like this can be good. It's get these out of the way before conference starts. Yeah, exactly. Which is obviously this, this year is going to be less than two weeks and you open with Kansas. I mean, and then you got your St. John's game canceled. You got Grambling State on Sunday. That's not going to do too much for you. No. I mean, and uh, I can't remember. I I'm a one game at a guy, at a time kind of guy. Nice. Uh, but uh, like like Beard says. But um, after that, I don't think you really have any much competition before that Kansas game here in Lubbock. I think yeah. that might help you. 
that yeah. it is here in Lubbock. Yeah. But, um, and then I was going to bring up the fact that they, you know, they had to travel to Fort Worth, but I mean, so did Houston. Yeah. So um, maybe they just had a better night rest or something. But uh, they, they, Houston looked legit to me. Um, they surprised me. I like, like you said, I knew they were going to be good. They looked great. Yeah. And I mean that you, they couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't have had a more frustrating first half than that game. And just yeah. watching it as a fan too. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, this is like finals week for my PhD classes. It's like finals 10 days. And so when it was a blowout, you know, I went into my office and started working on homework and I got a text from Will, my brother-in-law, Will McKay, formerly of Red Raider Sports. And he was like, I think he sent me like, well now or something like that. And I was like, what's happening? You know, mm-hmm. and he told me they were coming back and I said, let me know when it gets under 10, you know, and he says PV dunk under 10, you know, so I ran back to the TV. <laughs> Maybe I was the reason I, I screwed up the mojo because it only went South from there. So I apologize. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, it, it was frustrating and annoying, but beard teams have had that every year. Elite eight team, final four team, you have games like that where you just look like this is never going to work. It doesn't work offensively. The other teams has figured out your defense. You know, we, we, the run's over. We've lost. And the next week they go out there and they they upset somebody or they beat a good team. So I'm yeah. not, not going to overreact about it. Yeah, I think that's the great message to, to, to mention is don't overreact on it. They played a solid Houston team. Beard even said this year you're going to have that. And uh, we've seen some teams upset. I mean, what, San Fran upset at uh, Villanova? Who was it? Virginia, um, was it? Virginia. And then I uh, think Villanova also lost too. And Michigan the only one lost. that's been consistent is uh, Gonzaga, I guess. But um, yeah, they're ridiculous. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I don't think you should lose that uh, that message. I know the board, like always, gets a little fired up after any team loses. Right. But um, but they, I mean, they're still solid. You're you're still going to be rolling, and who knows when Kevin McCullough gets back? So. Yeah, yeah, and that's big too. Um, and you're going to need size with so with, yeah you're going to get Vlad back too um, and 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 Tom Way leaving doesn't help because he was playing a big role um, so definitely I wonder how much out. it does changes the I wonder how much it does change the rotation with I, I mean does he play the freshman once Vlad is is healthy I think he's going to have to and I think Smith gets Tyreek Smith gets Tyreek I think Tyreek's ready and. Um, I think we saw last year with Mbala and guys like that, that you bring these young big guys in that just aren't ready. And I mean, I'm pretty sure that's the same thing's going to happen with Vlad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And you saw how rebounding is going to be a problem, you know, given Houston's very good offensive rebounding team. They talked about it the whole broadcast. But um, that's it's going to hurt, you know, a big body, big skilled athletic guy who's no longer going to be playing for the Red Raiders. So it sucks. Um, but like you said, in beard, we trust, and that's probably yeah. a good way to end it. Um, so you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, no, no. I think we're filming this on Tuesday. We still don't have a game for that St. John's big right. East big yeah, 12 challenge thing. Yeah. Um, so once we find out or, you know, we'll talk about that game if it does end up happening with whoever. Yeah. Um, but right now I'm just kind of looking forward to Saturday for uh, the final <laughs> Texas Tech football regular season game. Uh, hopefully nothing happens. I might have a spicy prediction, though. Oh, all right. On uh, Friday, so all right, maybe. So go, to Red, go to Red Raider Sports to check that out. All right. Um, well, 
Good to talk to you again, Brandon. We will uh, sure. kind of wrap things up. Uh, we may be a little later next week. We might like try to do a football post-mortem and kind of just talk about it all. So it might be, you know, Tuesday. It's a good or title. Yeah, before we uh, record. Um, but we'll be back and uh, we'll be back throughout basketball season. So um, we're not going anywhere. So good to talk to you again, Brandon, and we will uh, see you next week. Change my mind if you ever switch it up